Hi everyone, and welcome back to another new episode of the Let's Talk Law podcast with me, your host, Wendy M. If you tuned in last week, then you would know that we talked about affirmative action and the policies surrounding it, but this week we'll be taking a step away from that and talking about something else. Now, before we jump into this week's case, we should probably go over some background amendment information first. This week, we'll be talking about the Fifth Amendment. I'm pretty sure we have gone over it at some point in this podcast, but here's a quick little refresher for everyone. And if this is your very first episode, then here's a little recap of it also. The Fifth Amendment says, quote-unquote, No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia when in actual service in time of war or public danger. Nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation, end quote. The part that we're going to be focusing on for today is actually the last part of the Fifth Amendment, which is also called the Taking Clause. It's the part that says, quote-unquote, nor shall any private property be taken for public use without just compensation, end quote. Now, since that's really all of the background amendment information that we need for this case, then we can jump right into it, where we'll be talking about the case Berman v. Parker. So, in 1945, the United States Congress passed the District of Columbia Redevelopment Act to take care of the large blighted areas that were dangerous to public health found in the District of Columbia. If you didn't know, blighted areas are places in cities and urban areas that are abandoned or have fallen into disrepair. The District of Columbia Redevelopment Act created a commission of five members called the District of Columbia Redevelopment Land Agency. The agency was able to redevelop blighted areas and eliminate, quote-unquote, any blighting factors or causes of blight, end quote. Most importantly, the agency was granted the power of eminent domain if it needed to. Eminent domain refers to the taking clause of the Fifth Amendment. With eminent domain, the government can transfer private property from the original landowner to a private entity to service the public with just compensation. The District of Columbia Redevelopment Act not only focused on clearing blighted areas, but also modernizing the already built city. In 1950, the first project of the act was called Project Area B and was located in southeast Washington, D.C. A plan for the southeast area of D.C. was created after initial survey indicated that, quote-unquote, 
64.3% of the dwellings were beyond repair, 18.4% needed major repairs, only 17.3% were satisfactory, 57.8% of the dwellings had outside toilets, 60.3% had no baths, 29.6% lacked electricity, 82.2% had no wash basins or laundry tubs, and finally, 83.8% lacked central heating, end quote. The plan created certain dwelling units and made it so at least one-third of them would be low-rent housing with a maximum rental of $17 per room per month. When the plan was approved by the commissioners, the agency went to work. During the beginning stages of the new development, the plaintiffs brought suit to challenge the constitutionality of their department store being taken, which was located at 712 4th Street, Southwest in Area B. Max Morris, the plaintiff in the case, owned the apartment store that I had just mentioned. The store itself was not blighted, but it was still scheduled to be taken by eminent domain in order to clear out the larger blighted area where the store was unfortunately located. Morris argued that his department store was not blighted and that it could not be taken for a project under a private agency in order to be redeveloped for private use to make the community more attractive. Morris also argued that taking his land under eminent domain and giving it to redevelopers was equal to, quote-unquote, a taking from one businessman for the benefit of another businessman, end quote, and therefore did not constitute public use, which, if you remember, is a necessary part in order to comply with the taking clause of the Fifth Amendment. Unfortunately, Morris died while his case was under review, so his executors, one of them being named Samuel Berman, continued the case for Morris's estate. Berman's challenge against the District of Columbia Redevelopment Act was heard by a three-judge panel district court. The main issue that was addressed was about the government's ability and scope to take and transfer private property to private developers as a part of a project to get rid of city blight. E. Barrett Prettyman was the circuit judge that wrote the final opinion. In it, he found no problem with the government's use of eminent domain to clear blighted structures. However, he saw the land the blighted structures were on as a different matter and having no reason to do with blight. He felt that land could only be taken by eminent domain if it actually helped to combat the blight that existed on the property. Pretty Man read the Redevelopment Act very narrowly and found that non-blighted property could be taken if the taking was tied to the prevention of blight. In his opinion, Pretty Man was firm in saying that eminent domain could not be used by the government to take property for the purpose of improving economic or the aesthetic conditions of a neighborhood. With that, Prettyman granted the government's motion to dismiss. Berman brought the case to the Supreme Court, 
where it was argued on October 19, 1954. The decision was made a couple of months later on November 22, 1954. The question the court was asking was if the seizing of Freeman's and others' property in order to reduce blight violated the taking clause of the Fifth Amendment. It was a unanimous vote in favor of the Planning Commission. The opinion was written by Chief Justice William O. Douglas. The judges on the case were Warren, Black, Frankfurter, Douglas, Jackson, Burton, Clark, Reed, and Minton. The court found that the Fifth Amendment did not limit Congress's power to seize private property with just compensation for any specific purpose. It found that Congress could also determine the values of the property. Justice Douglas held that cleaning up blighted areas was within Congress's authority and that eminent domain could clearly be used to accomplish the task. Responding to Berman's point that the land was being given for the benefit of another businessman, Douglas said Congress has actually established a public purpose with their redevelopment plan. If I had to give a quick summary of this case, then I would say that the, the District of Columbia wanted to revamp blighted urban areas. There is a store located in a blighted area that was not itself blighted, but the government was still going to take the store's land and redevelop. The store owner said that this was not constitutional, even with the Fifth Amendment's taking clause, since he said the land was not really going to be used for public use. The Supreme Court ruled that the District of Columbia, however, could use eminent domain to give the store owner compensation and have the land for public use. I like this case because of how, in some ways, as simple as it is, compared to other cases we've talked about, this case is much less about adding something quote-unquote new to amendments, but rather reinforcing the ideas of something already in an amendment. Before I end off this week's episode, I do want to make sure to add in our little fact of the week. This time it's from Florida, where all doors of public buildings must open outward. The law says, quote-unquote, all buildings erected in this state for theatrical, operatic, or other public entertainments of whatsoever kind shall be so constructed that the shutters to all entrances to said building shall open outwardly and be so arranged as to readily allow any person inside said building to escape therefrom in case of fire or other accident. Any owner, manager, leasee, or other person having charge of any public building for the use expressed herein who fails to comply with the provisions of this section shall be guilty of a felony of the third degree, end quote. Pretty good, safe law, I think. And so, that wraps up this week's episode. If you want to give me any feedback or suggestions, then feel free to email me at letstalklawwm at gmail.com, or you can find me over on Instagram at letstalklawpodcast. Remember to check back every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for another new episode. Until then, bye!